Welcome to the Free From Binge Eating Podcast with me, Breed, your host. Binge eating sucks. Trust me, I know. I was stuck in that spiral of binge, restrict, diet, yo-yoing weight loss, feeling guilty and ashamed, and hating my body for 10 years. Now that I'm out, I'm turning my pain into purpose by helping you stop binging, start loving your body, self, and life again. It's time to live free from binge eating. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, amazing people. Welcome to another episode. I'm Breed, if you don't know, and I have got a client chat today with you for you guys. It is one that I've been waiting for for a while because this woman, Viviana, she did my one-to-one program and my group program. So I've been th- I've been waiting to have her on board so you guys get to hear her perspective on both of those journeys. But more than just that, we're going to dive into lots of juicy topics like the underrepresentation of minorities in the eating disorder space, how her degree in nutrition and dietetics and psychology played a role in her healing journey. And we'll of course go into what helped her most and what allowed her to be able to rock a bikini, I think it was about a month ago, on the beach with her friends and be completely comfortable in her own skin the entire time. So we have a lot to get into. I'm not going to make make I'm not going to make you guys wait because, as I said, it's a juicy one. So let's hop into it. Let's meet Viviana in three, two, one. Welcome, Viviana, to the show. I'm so happy to have you. I've been literally waiting for so long to have you on the show, like dying to hear your story and like let you share it with everyone because I think it's going to be very relatable. And I think you've learned so much that you can share with others as well. 100%. I'm excited to be here. I want to be here for a, like a while, but you know, I'm ready now. I'm excited. So awesome. <laughs> so how about introduce us to yourself a little bit? Yeah. So my name is Viviana and I am from San Juan, Puerto Rico. If you don't know where Puerto Rico is, it's like in the Caribbean and like San Juan is the capital. I am 19 years old. And I am a sophomore at Penn State University, and I'm doing two majors, which is basically like two bachelor degrees in nutrition and in psychology. Damn. And I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. I did <laughs> not know that it was like two majors, basically, like two bachelor degrees at once. Yeah. Like here, at least in the US, you can decide if you want to do like a major, which is like a bachelor's, mm-hmm. and the minor, which is like a little bit less than a bachelor's it's like a smaller bachelor's degree mm-hmm. um and I like to challenge myself so I wanted to Damn. do I knew I wanted to do two I just didn't know which ones I wanted to do I changed throughout like my years but I finally decided and I I'm 99.9% sure that these are the ones that I want <laughs> yeah awesome. awesome okay let's go into the quick fire questions let people yes. get to know you even more and just have a bit of fun so okay. First question, what has been your favorite holiday ever? 100% Christmas. That's no doubt on that. (laughs) Yeah. Is it because your family are like religious and they celebrate it? Yeah, yeah. Like um, most of Latino cultures are mainly like Christian and we Mm -hmm. have like a lot of festivities for Christmas for us. It lasts a little longer because we have like three Kings Day, which is 
mainly celebrated like in Hispanic cultures mm -hmm. and I just love how we celebrate it like we do have like the American like inheritance like the mm -hmm. whole Santa thing but we also have our own stuff and like the food is amazing so I love love Christmas like awesome. at home especially that's so nice how about favorite way to move your body weightlifting mm -hmm. I love weightlifting and I miss it now because of the pandemic at least in my college they're closed mm -hmm. but weightlifting and also like riding my bike I, I ride my bike here to classes like pre-pandemic so that's cool that's awesome mm -hmm. and the thing you love most about yourself I would have to say physically or like spiritually anything anything oh, okay because um not physically would be like my determination like I'm a very like if I want something mm -hmm. I'll fight for it and I'll get it like if I really want it so that I like that about myself because it has helped me get to where I am today so my determination and physically I would like to see my hair I really like my hair mm -hmm. it's really manageable <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm, I always like I think I did but I was gonna say that I always want to compliment your eyebrows you've like such like killer eyebrows as well oh thank you a lot of people tell me that like everybody <laughs> says like I love your eyebrows thank you <laughs> thank awesome you. okay quick fire done now yes. the big the big question what has your food and body journey been like up until the point that you reached out for help with me what's that story looked like for you overall like I really had like a happy childhood like I never really had you know so at such a young age you know um but my family was always like very body focused in the sense that they would comment on people's weight or like if my family if they see someone who like gained weight they'll be like oh did you see this person that person mm -hmm. gained weight blah blah I never focus on that but it's always been ingrained in my mind and like yeah. my mom also like she always used to like talk about how she used to be skinnier in high school and like oh my god I used to weigh this amount of like pounds like I wish I could go back stuff like that it never affected me but like it's always been there so I think that affected how my eating disorder developed yeah um because when I was about 13 years old like I wanted to lose weight but it wasn't anything like serious yet mm -hmm. Um, so I went on my first diet and it was a diet that my mom used to go to. It's called Jenna Craig. It's really popular in the US. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it. I have heard of it, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so I went on that. Um and it wasn't like I didn't take it too serious. Like when I went there, I just wanted to like lose some weight and everything. But then when I was 14 years old, it got to a little bit more serious. Like I started restricting more and exercising more because I was preparing for my quinceañera, which mm -hmm. in like Latino cultures is like a big celebration that they do for your 15th birthday. So I was prepping for that. And I was, I, you know, I'm a very like introverted person in the sense that I don't like being the center of attention mm -hmm. um, most of the time. So I was going to be the center of attention there. So I was like, okay, I need to like look presentable, you know, like I want to look pretty like in that time. Like I thought yeah. like, you know, like losing weight was like, you know, the thing. Um, and I did got to lose like a ton of weight. Um, and then 
in my quinceañera, like everybody, you know, the compliments started going on. So that kind of triggered me. And after mm -hmm. my birthday, I started like restricting way more. And Hang on, pause for a second, pause, because I want to ask some questions. Yeah. So yeah, of course. the first time that you did that, the Jenny Craig, what was it that kind of got into your head that you did want to lose a bit of weight? Before, I think it was mainly because um, I didn't start to compare myself with people, but in my school, like I was not the heaviest one, but um, I was not the skinniest one either. I was like in the middle range. Mm -hmm. And I started to see that, like, the popular girls were the skinny ones. And, like, mm -hmm. maybe one or two who weren't. But, like, I was like, those are lucky people that I don't right. know. I, right. I didn't have the maturity back then. Yeah, no, but, but it makes total sense. Like, yeah. that, what, 13-year-old is just drawing these conclusions over, you know, this kind of body type seems to correlate with people adoring you and giving you all this, like, love and acceptance. Makes total sense. Yeah. yeah, and I was, like, I wanted to be, like, not popular, but I just wanted people to, like, like me and everything. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, and throughout, like, high school, like, I wasn't severely bullied, but I was, like, played at for different things, and, mm -hmm. like, I remember, I think I told you this in the one-to-one, -one, but I remember in fifth grade, um, we were doing an exam, like we were doing a project or something and they called me out as an example. And like, we had to describe me, but without saying like my, my name or anything, something mm -hmm. like that. I don't remember like quite well, but I just remember that I was standing there and a kid mentioned like, oh, she's like, like chubby. I think it was something like wow. that. Like not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like not skinny, like not overweight, but just like chubby. And I remember that like I still remember that to this day and that was like like 10 years ago and I can imagine I, I, I bet you felt that like in your chest yeah 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 I felt so like oh my god it, like there's something wrong with me I don't know so and did I, people in the class like react when you said that like did they laugh no they just they didn't say anything like mm -hmm. it was just that meant that mention like was probably that person mentioned in like in a good intention in the sense that since it was like describing me like yeah. it shouldn't be offensive I really don't know with what intention mm -hmm. the kid said it but nobody really reacted like it wasn't I don't remember people reacting um and the professor like she she kept on with the class and everything mm -hmm. so I don't know but I know it really like hurt me um and I remember that scenario and but I was like nine or 10 back then. So I was, I was like, I didn't let that, you know, like define yeah. me or, but I was still very like focused on like how the popular people were, how they acted, what they wore. Because <laughs> I remember in elementary school, like popular girls wore like this big bow. I don't know why that was like the thing back then. And I, I right now, like, I'm like, what was that? But, <laughs> I wanted to wear it because like popular people were wearing it so I should like get on my game you know so I was very like that like I just wanted that to be like liked obviously mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. everyone is yeah, yeah. um yeah but so I wasn't never really like super body focused or super food focused but I just wanted other people to like me and my conclusion was like if I look like them yeah so initially that's kind of what drove me to 
get in that diet and also because of my mom because she started like you know she she kept making those comments and like your mom is like the most you know for most yeah. people it's like your number one person so it's like I felt like oh my god like look at me like I weigh this I should like get to her numbers if that makes sense for sure if your mom is like yeah. oh my god I wish I was this number that it was back in high school and you're above mm-hmm. that you clearly gonna make some conclusion like oh my god it's bad for me to be not the number that she was at especially as you can even draw like comparisons we have the same genes she's my mom we were similar body yeah. types yeah yeah that marked me that literally marked me until the day of my graduation like I remember wow. thinking I was yeah like when I graduated I was a, you know I weighed a bit more and because I was in the middle of binging so mm-hmm. like you know and I was thinking like oh my god I didn't get to that number like mm-hmm. oh my god. but yeah yeah, yeah it, it it really marked me and it still kind of does but she since she knows like what I've been through she mentions it like less and less now which is great so that is great yeah it's incredible mm-hmm. how these comments stick with you and yeah. it seems yeah. oh it's silly it's just a comment she's talking about her not you but that young person even as an adult you still as you said your mom your dad like they're number one and you just literally want their love you don't want their abandonment so yeah draw these conclusions and yeah this this all starts to unravel then you know like it like builds up and then yeah you're about to probably explain unravels (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah so it, it it really affected me and like as I was saying I started to like lose even more weight and when I was like 15 like in the second half of like six months after my quinceanera I was like way below like my unhealthy weight range like mm-hmm. I don't I don't really believe in like the whole thing about BMIs now which I was going to mention later mm-hmm. um but I used to calculate like my BMI because I wanted to like this is so crazy but I wanted to be in the underweight range because I was right. like maybe this is because you know I don't know that was my goal and I don't know why I put like such an focus like on the BMI now that I know about it it's like so dumb so stupid anyway um you know what actually on on that note of the BMI I also used to want to at least be in like the very near to the underweight side because I used Mm -hmm. to tell myself oh the range is probably just really lax and it's not for like people who actually want to look really good it's just to make most people feel okay that they're in the like healthy range. I used to tell myself that like, it wasn't for like high achievers or someone who really wants a good body. Oh my God. Now it's literally like the opposite way around. But (laughs) yeah, I I could talk a lot about the BMI. (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) But yeah, so I got into like that underweight range and I was happy myself, happy. Mm. Like I was tired. I was cold all the time. I was losing my hair. My nails were super weak. That's, you know, I was like very, very, you know, very low state. Mm-hmm. And like I was foggy and like, but I was like, okay, I reached my goal. Like, I think this is how I'm supposed to feel, but no. And like, that's when like my family, my friends, my boyfriend at the time, even my professors were like worried about me and like con- very concerned. Um, oh my God, I remember. So I don't laugh at it, but obviously it was serious. Um, They, I remember like the school gave me like this report and like they sent me to the, like the Dean person. I don't know, like the name, because I was like, my professor feel worried that I was underweight. And I'm like, I'm 
fine. Like wow. I'm just, I'm just naturally this way. Wow. That's BS. I wasn't. Yeah. I remember that now that like I mentioned it, the whole BMI thing, because but I, like, then they let it slide because like they were like, okay, like maybe it is like said, like her puberty changed and now she's like skinnier, you know, because like I was in the middle of that. So right. like, who knows, but I was always like a medium, like chubby medium person. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this was strange. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously like I was so below like the calories, like what I used to eat in a day is a little bit less than what I eat as a meal now like wow it, yeah it was insane like I look at it now and I'm like how like how did I have any I don't know it's crazy um it was really really bad so yeah as the year passed like I had I, I was two years like in this whole like restricting thing mm-hmm. um and then when I turned 16 kind of like in the middle like turning 16 like I had this big discussion with my grandma um because for me like she's she's literally like my mom like it's my mom and my grandma they're like Mm -hmm. at the same level um she's like such an important person to me and like I remember we had this huge discussion about like what I was doing to myself and she started crying and everything and I like I see my grandma cry but like not like something about myself and I was like oh shoot this is serious um and we had like this such a big discussion and I remember like she was telling me like if you don't behave like we're gonna take you to the hospital and like I knew what that meant because like being inpatient means that you can't go to school Mm -hmm. and for me school is the most important thing for me for me at least because I've always liked I've always liked school as weird as that can sound um I always enjoyed learning so I knew that that would get me behind in class and I didn't want to be like that. So I remember that I got so angry at her that that night I binged, I binged, not in front of her, but like I binged that day out of like stress. And that was like my first official binge. Wow. And um, yeah, yeah. And from then until now, then, I mean, not until now, but like until like before <laughs> finding your program, mm-hmm. that's when I like my binges starting and like, from 17 to like 18 years old was like the worst binges because when I was I don't know if I really had like bulimia Mm -hmm. because when I started to like first binge eat I really like over exercise and like I really restricted like way more than I did like I would say like maybe last year because I sometimes like ate less but Mm -hmm. it wasn't like I did restrict and skip meals but it wasn't as bad as like back then I used to yeah. like exercise, like the amount that I binge, I would exercise it. Like, for example, if I binge a thousand calories, mm-hmm. I would try to burn a thousand calories at a gym. Yeah. So burning is way more harder than like eating. It, it's crazy, you know? right? It's so easy to so, eat a thousand, but it's so hard to burn a thousand. Yeah, exactly. So I spent like more than two hours in the gym trying to like burn it. So that went on for like a year. And then I started, since school started to get like harder and I had to apply to colleges, I stopped the whole like compensating with exercise and I started Mm -hmm. to like restrict and like skip meals but I wasn't doing it as hardcore as like but I was still binging hardcore but I wasn't Mm -hmm. like compensating as hardcore so I don't know if I really had like the spectrum but Mm -hmm. I feel like I kind of did if that makes sense I don't know yeah it's interesting because like before I got into this whole space my knowledge of bulimia was just like it's just like literally all I knew before I actually read about it 
the was purging part. Who, who makes himself throw? I I didn't even know it yeah, included. I thought purging. it too. I didn't yeah. know it could mean like the exercise thing, laxatives, like oh yeah, purging. yeah, yeah. I was gonna mention. I forgot that I also like. I started using laxatives as well. Mm-hmm. It's so dumb now because <laughs> I like I thought that too. But I took a class this last semester about eating disorders. I mentioned to you and like in the group, it's been the best class ever. Like, I'm so sad it's over. (laughs) But I didn't know this. I learned it in the class that literally like all those compensating behaviors that people who suffer with bulimia do, um, like the laxatives, mainly the laxatives and like the vomiting part, Mm -hmm. it only burns like... 10% 10% of what you ate so it's like that's nothing you know compared yeah. to like so it's like I I wish I could tell if somebody here listening has bulimia listen like don't do that like it's not gonna help you at all and it only makes yourself work it's like your hormones are gonna like totally imbalance like your teeth get mm-hmm. decayed your stomach like your intestines get all messed up so I don't know it's I think I see myself back then I'm like why did you do that like if I only knew honestly like mm-hmm. how much it didn't help. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. I was definitely doing the the exercise thing as well, trying to burn like a thousand. I convinced myself I wanted to get into like marathon and ultra marathon running. So I could run those amounts just on a, ra- a normal day, just run around London for like two and a half hours to try to burn off this stuff. And I used to like try to see the positive side I was like oh my god I'm so fit I can run so far like I'm the strongest I've ever been but really it was just this horrible compensating mechanism that like no one else in my life knew about it seems so healthy I'm running and I'm exercising and yeah I totally got trapped in the the laxative side of things at some periods as well mine got yeah. so bad that I was even doing like at home like enemas it was <sighs> crazy yeah I would do that like I remember there was a phase in university for like two months or something I did one like every day and I was just like you would (laughs) this is so TMI but you could just see that the food was not was not digested and I was like oh god when I look back it's shocking like so Mm -hmm. shocking Mm -hmm. but you're so in it and it's just like you can't see it any other way and yeah exactly yeah, 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 yeah. It's like you're you're there, and like you think that's yeah. the only solution. Yes. Yeah, one hundred percent. So you got to the point where the binging was pretty extreme, and yeah, you reached out to me. So how did how did you find me first of all? It was in the like in my Instagram Explore page, I believe, because I started following like more body positive people or like mm-hmm. people in recovery, especially because I felt really stuck in it, and I was like. I remember when the year turned out, like, I, I, I have, like, a little journal on my iPad. I wrote in it, like, okay, 2020 has to be the year I recover, at least to some extent, because I was stuck in the cycle. Like, I really wanted to focus on school, and I kind of had the feeling, I've always had a feeling since, like, I started my, you know, like, my journey with my disordered eating and eating disorders. I always thought, like, okay, like, I feel like in the future I will still be involved in this some way or another like I always felt that so this year I was like okay I need to recover because like I can't go into like if I'm gonna work in the field I can't go into it and like be in it if that makes Mm -hmm. sense like that's not a good example yeah so I was like okay this year I have to recover somehow so I started to follow a lot of pages and like in like I 
I remember I told like my grandma that I wanted to get help and everything, but she knew about like my binging Mm -hmm. and, but she didn't know in Puerto Rico, there's not like sources like enough. So I started to search online to see like what was available. And I just saw you on my explore page and I was like, oh, cool. So I started like looking at all like the people who I follow that like did this thing, like this kind of like therapy coaching mm-hmm. um I don't know I just I just liked it because like you're young and like I was like okay she probably like knows and like I saw like your feed and I was like oh my god this is me like I did this I did that <laughs> so I felt really relatable yeah so I yeah. just reached out to you awesome I'm glad you reached out I remember yeah. I actually remember where I was sitting in my house <laughs> when you were like I'm signing up let's do this and I was like whoa <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Yeah, so, it was in the middle of the pandemic. Yes. Too. Like when it started. So I was like, this yeah. is the perfect time to focus on myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you started with the one-to-ones. So yes. tell us, what was that like? I love it. Like 100%. I learned so much. Like I always knew that this had to do with more than my body and my relationship with food. But I didn't know like all the things that were involved. Mm-hmm. Like the whole like... um like those hidden fears, the inner childhood thing. Like I would never think of like the whole like inner child and like focusing like on the deeper problems. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, all of the exercises and like the meditations were really helpful, honestly, and think about it like in a bigger picture. And also like as simple as it sounds like just listening to your body, like the hunger scale, like listening to your cues, eating three meals a day. Mm -hmm. It sounds so basic, but (laughs) I I spent years just having to like at least like when I was binging and not compensated in my normal days like Mm -hmm. when I didn't binge I would have like two of those so it was very weird bringing that third meal back in but it really helped a lot 100% and like having snacks and yeah it, it 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 was like the greatest experience I've ever had and I honestly wouldn't be where I am now so like it was like, oh, it was totally worth it yeah like so nice. best so money I hear. spent <laughs> yeah that's best so cool in person yeah <laughs> yeah it's interesting when we're so in it we're so convinced it's like let me just sort out my weight and let me focus on trying to eat healthier food in the day or something like we get so brainwashed brainwashed into thinking that's the solution but as you said there's deeper shit that's got to be sorted out like learning about exploring that relationship with your inner child because even as you mentioned that it made me think back to earlier in the conversation when you described all these little things in your childhood like standing in front of the class and your mom making all the comments they all seem small but to understand then that by 15 years old that little girl inside of you had this buildup of all that stuff all these like internalized messages that need to be yeah. dealt with yeah and definitely like it was so hard like taking like removing that idea of like skinny equals healthy for me that was the key to success the key to health is just lose yeah. weight you hear it from everywhere like you even hear it from even in the in the field like in the nutrition field you hear like okay mm-hmm. you got to get to a healthy weight bmi to like mm-hmm. avoid chronic diseases it is very very deeply ingrained yeah then you have someone who is that this like quote unquote healthy weight, but her hair is falling out or she's like 
obsessed around food and doesn't let herself have three goddamn meals a day like is that healthy literally and like with the whole bmi thing like in my opinion like my underweight like my physiological underweight Mm -hmm. is not the same as yours Mm -hmm. it's not Mm-hmm. So why put a scale and the BMI was based off like white men for another experiment. Like it was not related to like yeah. diseases or anything. So it's like, in my opinion, it's, it, it, it works at some extent, like, yeah, identifying like which peoples are like in more of a risk, but I, sh- I think that that scale should be changed and especially mm-hmm. not for like defining what a normal or healthy weight weight is or like underweight because yeah. Oh my God. I've seen so many stories of people who suffered with like the symptoms of people who have anorexia and mm-hmm. like are just not diagnosed because they're not in that unhealthy right. weight range. And right. it's like, oh my God, I get, yeah. ugh, it's so, it's so annoying. Um, And also like that normal weight range, like right now, for example, like in my current weight, like I'm not classified in like the normal weight like Mm -hmm. I'm overweight like Mm -hmm. slightly overweight but I feel I feel fine like right now Mm -hmm. right now I feel fine like I I'm healthy I you know I feel fit in the sense that like I can run and I don't like Mm -hmm. I don't faint in three seconds (laughs) It, it was definitely hard to disconnect with that idea since like as I mentioned like I based off if I was like unhealth like healthy for myself like if Mm -hmm. I was in the underweight range of the BMI so I was really focused on the BMI so I don't know but definitely like the research helped a lot yeah I was just thinking that doing what studying what you're studying has probably helped you quite a bit on this journey yes yeah yeah it definitely did I know the nutrition field could be like triggering for some people in the sense like again, in the class that I took, like there was a study where a lot of people in the nutrition field, like usually struggled with orthorexia, which is like an obsession with like always eating clean. Yeah. But for me, at least that hasn't been like, it's actually been very helpful for my recovery because I, I'm a very scientific person. So I like knowing the numbers, like Mm -hmm. knowing the history behind it. So just knowing like, especially like in because of science because of like chemistry and biology like I know the importance of carbs another thing like I just eliminate carbs and learning like about the important like literally carbs are like your main source of energy so it's like keto and like those large carbs low carbs diets are mainly focused on people who like have like you know epilepsy and other Mm -hmm. disorders or like certain cancers there it's like okay you can do keto because you actually like need to or people who have like really bad diabetes like yeah they need to cut out the sugars but for healthy people it's like don't do that (laughs) like if you want to lose weight like go ahead but you know you can like eat carbs yeah eat sugars you can eat like your favorite candy just like in moderation but a lot of people don't know that and definitely like people in the nutrition feel like some of them like obsess over eating healthy but it's been really helpful for me like super helpful for me Mm -hmm. in my recovery at least Mm -hmm. yeah how then was because then you after the one-to-ones you hopped into the group which started like I think two or three weeks after your one-to-ones so why did you hop into the group and then what was that like yeah so I'm I've never really known people in my life who have struggled with binge eating like I know a girl who like had anorexia from like a friend of the family 
But with binge eating, I thought I was the only one. Like I, I went into this without knowing. Like I didn't research on it or anything. I didn't even know it was a thing. I thought it was like I was something wrong was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. So when I came into your one to one, I loved it. Like I figured, like wow, this is not like just a me thing. And in the group sessions, like I wanted to join because I wanted to meet people who struggle with it too. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know anyone. I didn't talk to anyone about it. Like I literally in that time in the, in the one-to-ones, I only talked about it like to you because yeah. you knew. So, you know, I, I just wanted to meet more people and it really helped. I definitely like, I felt so like, I love this, like the coaching program because mm-hmm. every story that everyone said, I was like, yep, same. <laughs> it was so relatable. Like in one way or another, it's like, it's so crazy how we all struggle with the same things. We could all relate. I feel that each of us like also found similar tools to use to recover. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's just amazing. And it was so nice to meet people who struggle with it too, honestly. Yeah, definitely. It's so, as you said, it's so interesting where someone set, shares something and everyone's like, me too, me too. Like everything that everyone says is so relatable. Mm-hmm. And the past version of you who hadn't experienced that group setting literally just thought all of that was just you and you're a freak or like a weirdo or something's messed up with you. And then to find yeah. out that this group of 10 people along with millions of others can yes. relate to the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. Cause I knew like everybody like worried about their body and everything, but I just didn't know like, binge eating was a thing or like this whole like binge restrict cycle I was like okay this I'm crazy I I literally yeah. thought that I was going mad so yeah you know it was really nice figuring like yeah this is a thing like it happens to a lot of people and like knowing so many girls that struggle with it too and something else had happened that really surprised me I was like like who else would I posted on Instagram I'm on Instagram like I'm trying to be more open about all this because I Mm -hmm. feel like now that I know that there's so many people who struggle with it like I just want to like help others in a sense like just showing that they're not the only ones and that I'm here as well I posted uh, an IGTV about you saw it about like Mm -hmm. how what has helped me and I opened up more about like my struggles and a girl that I knew I, she's not a friend of mine, but I went to her birthday because like of another known friend that I knew. She sent me a DM like, I struggle with this too. And I was like, wow. I didn't know someone else who struggled with binging like that I personally know. Yeah. I was like, whoa. And you know, she was like, thank you for this. Like this helped a lot, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, ah. oh my so God, cool. I can't believe like somebody opened up to me and that's crazy. And I would love to like open more and like for more, people that I know to open up to me so I can help in a sense because I know like I know how it feels you know Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, I have to say a kind of similar experience to me when I first started my Instagram account and I was Mm -hmm. just posting and had like 20 followers and like even with like 20 followers or 100 followers I was still getting so many people DMing me and be like oh my god me too and I was like wow it was it was eye-opening for me especially the start because I hadn't talked to anyone with it and now I get like a bunch every day of people being like I have this too, I have this too. But at the start, it was like, whoa. Before we go on, I just wanted to jump in and let you know about something that could really, really help you out. So if you've been loving these episodes and all of the tips and it's been super helpful, but you just need a bit more structure and direction, then check out my 30-day reboot course. It's an online course, so you can literally start today 
30 days of content. So each day you get new content in written form, video form or audio just to keep it nice and fresh. The content is exactly the same as what I go through in one-to-ones. So it's amazing value for money. You get some lovely audio meditations along the way as well. And we have a Facebook group so you know you're not alone. There are plenty of others in there. So if you are sick of waiting around and want your life back, you're so ready to kick binge eating out of your life and return to that relaxed, confident, happy version of you that you know is in there deep down inside, then this course is literally made for you. And best of all, it's just the price of a trip to Zara or Topshop, but it is worth so much more than that. It's eye-opening and life-changing, as one past alumni put it. So if that sounds good to you, head over to my website to sign up today or just scroll down to the show notes. I'll pop a link in there too. All right, let's get back into today's episode. So did the one-to-ones, did the group tell us yeah. what, what was the hardest part of that journey and what was the best part? Okay, so the hardest part, as I mentioned, was like disconnecting from the idea that skinny equals healthy mm-hmm. and like the whole BMI thing. And eating three meals a day was hard at first but now it's been like one of the best things that I've done um and definitely like being more comfortable with myself paying attention to my emotions as well because mm-hmm. I was always very distant from myself in that sense oh, oh also opening up was a challenge for me at first because I didn't talk to this about like to my friends I didn't yeah. talk to anyone because I had a bad experience with one that I like tried to talk to, but mm-hmm. she never paid me that attention back. And that was a really like, I kind of got traumatized by that. Right. Not traumatized, but like, I was like, when I was like in my very low weight, I was starting to like struggle and I was talking to her about it. And like, you know, it, she wasn't reciprocate, if that right. makes sense. So I didn't talk about my binging to anyone else. Cause I was like, okay, they're going to think I'm weird. So definitely opening up was a challenge but it worked. It's been one of the best things that I've, that I've done so far. And also like, just knowing that I wasn't alone. Like I always felt like an outcast with like the whole recovery thing, like an imposter, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I wasn't supposed to like, I was like, I wanted to recover, but at the same time, I was like, you, cause you've been with this for so long. But like, after knowing that people like you know your story like you've struggled this for like a decade like I I haven't been through that long so I was like okay like girl you're a baby <laughs> like you can fix yourself <laughs> so yeah that definitely like was a challenge it's just like that. Ch- the more challenging things more than the outside it was like dealing with the stuff like inside definitely mm-hmm mm-hmm I am so glad that you stepped into this recovery journey and got help because to think that you're 19, like if you had just kept on struggling and like not knowing how to get out of it, you, you're like college years that have been swallowed up by this whole like mess, basically. I would be living in hell right now, like literally like binging plus the pandemic, like at least now it's like the pandemic, but I've been focusing more on myself and like I'm in the process of recovery. So it's been better, but oh my God, I just, I couldn't imagine. Mm-hmm. It would so be worse because you. like you're yeah. stuck. Yeah. Yeah. How about what is life like now for you? You've worked through the hardest parts. You've worked through the best parts and everything. What's it like now? Yeah. So now like, um, I my relationship with food and my body is definitely better like way better I still feel like there's some minor things that could maybe improve but Mm -hmm. because I want to start intuitive eating like 
100% intuitively eat and just like listening to my body 100% and I'm getting there but it's still like not 100%. Also like I've been wearing stuff that I would feel like super self-conscious about back then like I remember I told you like in the beginning I think it was like the beginning of this month or in the middle that like I wore my a bikini for the first time. Yes. And like <laughs> and I was like for the first time like with confidence like not feeling like poop. So I actually felt great like I was feeling confident like I was with friends so I didn't like again I was like two friends but I felt like good about myself so um that was a big win definitely like I would never see myself doing that so huge win nah. yeah yeah everyone probably listening oh everyone listening is probably thinking girl how did you do that like how did you feel the confidence on the beach in the bikini I think um keep on like trying because I I tried to do this a few times like in my recovery and it failed in the sense that like I kept feeling like poop after and or like I felt unconfident or I tried mm -hmm. it on and I switched like switched mm -hmm. so I think just keep trying like try and error mm -hmm. again like I have a very scientific mind so I just like try and error <laughs> try and error and like it will eventually like you know turn out and also I don't like to say like this but it works it's like fake it till you make it in the sense of like I with the whole like I, I went to body acceptance first. Like I haven't, like my next goal is to go to like loving my body 100%. Mm -hmm. But I was like, okay, I accept my body how I am now. Like I'm fine. Like I have legs. I have, you know, mm -hmm. I have basic stuff that helped me live. So I started saying that to myself, even if I didn't believe it or I had like very bad body image days yeah. um, or I didn't see myself as I am like in the mirror, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I kept like, fake in it until now yeah. that I feel like I feel confident in the sense that like I can go out and wear like a crop top and I'm, I don't feel like I don't need to like cover my stomach or like wear a jacket over it or something I mean obviously I need to wear a jacket now because like I'm in the middle of the snow but you know what I mean like yeah. I don't feel like you know too self-conscious mm -hmm. you know as I was before so that's like that's my biggest advice in that sense like mm -hmm. feeling confidence just like fake it till you make it and like try try yeah try, try, keep try. trying good tips. yeah even good if you tips. feel bad yeah yeah I think the fake it till you make it thing is pretty powerful if you like really go with it consistently and and because I think part of the fake it till you make it is also a bit of awareness around what the current thoughts are so instead of just letting them swoop through and just be your like autopilot just to notice when you look in the mirror when you have that like mean thought or hateful thought towards your body and just be like okay wait hang on a second that's not true that's bullshit exactly. and I'm going to replace exactly. it with this comment comment or like compliment exactly yeah that's what I was doing the whole time I was like trying to replace like be like mm. hey like you you just said that about yourself take it back or like mm. just substitute it with something else like for me it, has, it just has helped like in my brain like just like turning it into like yeah. the more acceptance for sure for sure and it takes time it definitely takes work as well like it's a it's a thing you have to think about it's a mental effort yeah. which I see yeah. quite a lot when I work with like group or one-to-one -one people that's a thing I hear is after a few weeks like oh man this is like this is tiring to always have these conversations in your head and trying to switch what's been the like the like autoplay for so many years to be like wait a second I'm not gonna think that I'm gonna think this instead 
yeah me for example like I have zero patience I need to work on that but (laughs) (laughs) I mean I've been patient with like I've been learning to have patience especially with my recovery process but I was very impatient and I was like I I remember like after the first session I was like okay like for the first like one-to-one I was like okay you gotta do this you gotta do that (laughs) like you gotta stop like I literally told myself like you need to stop binging like this is the time for you to like not binge at all like you're in recovery you're supposed to not binge anymore like crazy ideas like that Mm -hmm. and I was very impatient with myself like I thought like that's the only way to go so I can I can definitely relate to the like whole impatient thing yeah (laughs) I think the patience is uh (laughs) definitely a helpful thing to have during recovery just Mm -hmm. even go back to when things first started to creep in for you like 10 years old or whatever it's not like in like three months it's gonna be all the switch is flipped and you're just like totally chill and loving your body exactly no I remember I was talking to but I was frustrated that I kept like um like even after a year passed from like my starvation um I I kept binge eating like my binge eating went for so long and I was like why like I've only like been restricting myself for like two years and I'm struggling with this for more than two years like what's wrong with me I should I supposed Mm -hmm. to be like balanced now if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. you know right and yeah and like I don't know who I was talking to and like the person was telling me like oh like you're recovering your body's still like was it with you like that my body is still like recharging like recalibrating sense yeah like recalibrating I remember that like my body's like still like recalibrating and I felt like I should be already like balanced but it takes time definitely so patience for me was a big struggle but yeah it's interesting because so many times there you like use the word like should you should be there by now you should be doing this you should be recovered and it's it's like the same voice this like authoritarian mean person kind of voice in the recovery that was also there when you were struggling like you should be you should be losing or whatever it is and now it's the same voice in recovery so even that's a thing to work on the voice is always there yeah (laughs) the voice is always there it's just like change its perspective because I still feel that like I still have that voice in the back of my head even like I don't know this sounds weird but like the same voice that was making me like restrict is the same voice that I'm like it's in my recovery like it's mm-hmm. still like there mm-hmm. but I just managed to like switch it up or like try to ignore it or just not listening to it as much like I feel yeah. like it's still there and it's sometimes helpful but sometimes it just brings those like intrusive thoughts back about like the whole like restriction and everything mm-hmm. but and, like calories you know it's still like it's still a struggle like I'm I'm in a better place but I'm still like yeah for sure I think it's like letting that voice knowing when that voice is taking control and just not basically subscribing to it like not letting it be so absorbed into who you are like how you're acting and feeling in that moment yeah yeah exactly okie doke well let us know then about like five or so tools that you feel like were the game-changing ones for you eating three meals a day sounds basic but that really helped me um opening up opening up has been like I feel less alone now and I feel like my binges have subsided also because of that also the third thing eating my past bitch food so normalizing it you know just incorporating it in your meals like for example a big 
binge food for me were waffles, like mm-hmm. Eggo waffles. And I incorporated that in my meals in the sense like, okay, I'm going to have breakfast. I'm going to have Eggo waffles with like some fruits on top. Just changing it up a little bit. So it doesn't like, it's not like they're like plain old waffles, but right, um, yeah, yeah, like changing it up, like with some fruits and like a coffee and just having it as a meal and like trying to normalize it. Also like tortillas, like that was a big binge food for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I also like incorporate it. Like I made myself like burritos and tacos. So that really helped. Um, not being so hard on myself, like after the binges, I used to be really, really hard. Uh, probably a lot of people who are still struggling, like mm-hmm. struggle with this, like they binge and the other day they're like, oh my God, like I'm not going to eat. I'm going to skip this and this meal. Like I'm going to burn these amount of calories and exercise for this amount of time. And just not doing that has helped me a lot in just like eating like normal so that has definitely like normal in the sense I mean like eating three meals Mm -hmm. like as I normally would really helped and also like getting out of my comfort zone like wearing those clothes that I felt like I shouldn't wear because of like how my body looked has definitely helped and that's BS because like everyone can wear a crop top like You know, it's not restricted to a certain body type. Something that helped me is like listening to myself a lot because like I didn't do that in the past. Like I used to be very aware of like the outside things, but not about like the inside. So I feel that that has definitely been like helpful. The wearing the clothes that feel out of your comfort zone thing, it made me have a bit of a flashback to when we were doing the one-to-ones. And I think it was like midway through you, we like, we were like, okay, what's the new belief we want to have? We want to build. And it was something like, you know, you can be like confident in the body that you're in now. And we were looking, okay, what little actions can we start doing that align with that new belief to like prove to yourself you are living by that belief. And one yeah. I think was you wanted to wear a crop top out with a friend. And I remember back yeah. then, like that already was hugely stepping out of your comfort zone. And I think I remember you like naturally were still uncomfortable at that time. And you noticed yourself still wanting to cover up with your arm or something. But so to see then this transformation to be on the beach in a bikini and you're just like, don't give a fuck. So cool. Next question, kind of switching topics a little bit. So you obviously introduced yourself as from Puerto Rico and you, I remember spoke in, I think it was our last group caller, the second last one, speaking about the lack of visibility and just like representation from minorities in the eating disorder space, which struck me so much because it's something that I've had at the back of my mind for a while like I very rarely see anyone on Instagram any sort of pages similar to mine with minorities like so few and I've had people DM me asking for suggestions of pages like mine from different minorities and I'm like I don't know I can I can name like a handful maximum so I thought it'd be interesting to hear from you like what's what's your perspective on this and what do you feel like needs to happen? When it comes to the body positive movement, I have seen more minorities. Like I've known one who's actually Puerto Rican. I think she's Puerto Rican American. So like not a hundred percent if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, and I've seen a few black people and I follow them. But what I feel that needs to change or like needs to start happening is like more, at least Latinos, like, more representation there in the sense like again I only know one Mm -hmm. one person um that I follow that like posts about body positive but I feel like there should be a bit more awareness 
in that sense like it's still a high prevalence like there's still a lot of disordered eating with like latino cultures and like body image issues because like mm-hmm. there's a high like you know like there's a certain body type in our culture that some people may think it's a bit more flexible but it's really not and also mm-hmm. like as a Puerto Rican, like I still have those like American right um like thoughts ingrained yeah. in me and now here being in the U.S. like I still have them so I still have that mixture of like the body type so I feel like I you know like mm-hmm. I used to be like okay I need to look like this but I also need to look like this so it mm-hmm. was like very you know but I, I definitely feel that there should be more representation especially more than body positive I mean also body positive mm-hmm. but like with the whole like eating disorder recovery like I feel that there's zero to none if that makes sense mm-hmm. so I definitely feel like there should be like more representation and I would love to like one day be part of that representation yeah I can totally <laughs> but, see being that yeah but I definitely feel that there should be more because like I 100% felt so alone in like my process and like I feel better now that I know more people but I still feel weird in the sense that I don't know people with my like culture mm-hmm. so that would definitely help more representation more people just opening up and you know why just do you feel also- like there's mm-hmm. like not enough people opening up or lack of representation again eating disorders are such a taboo like mm-hmm. um mental illness because it is a mental illness and mm-hmm. a lot of people like there's a very negative stigma around it and I feel that it again and especially binge eating specifically and bulimia is a very secretive um Mm -hmm. they're very secretive and people think it's like shameful to share about it or like people with judgment and I just feel that coming from a Latino which is already like a minority group and it is already it already has like these stigmas around it I feel that also being a Latino with a mental illness could be even more you know like there's Mm -hmm. more stigma around it and I feel that a lot of people and for example, me being a woman as well, you know, like there's a lot, there's right. a lot of like things that, in, um, you know, that go against you, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I believe that people are very like, first of all, eating disorders are secretive. So not a lot of people like to share about it. And like, when it comes to like these minority groups, they already have other stigma. So having mm-hmm. that stigma plus a mental illness, which is another yeah. stigma, you know, it's too much. <laughs> I totally so, hear you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I feel that, like, it's very stigmatizing, so I just feel that people should, like, maybe open up more, at least I would love to, like, try to help others, like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. opening up more, maybe, like, having a bigger platform regarding, like, minorities with, yeah, definitely, I can so see how, um, yeah, it would be like easy for a white woman to open up about it. Cause also for me, um, yeah. growing up, yeah, like it's just like a bit of a vicious cycle. Like I only saw white women being the ones portrayed with uh, yes. eating disorders. Yeah. So it feels yeah. more normal for you to then open up. And as you said, like there's less stigmas already yeah. at baseline, like around me. So it's like easy for me to open up. Cause there's so many other people like me. And then yeah, it's just like this, like a bit of a vicious cycle. And then there's where there's less of you, the less like you likely you want to open up and you already have the stigmas. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And also with binge eating, like binge eating is also very common for people who are um, labeled as obese. 
so mm-hmm. it also feels weird like I'm like I'm not in that level so maybe I don't have it you know like that's how like right. I also felt like it I, it there's a lot of stuff that go against you and I'll, that's also another thing like this whole diagnosing thing I feel like some people disregard their eating disorders because of like for example like when I mentioned with people who suffer with anorexia like mm-hmm. maybe some people feel like oh I don't have it as bad as this person because I'm not sick enough like that's yeah. a very common thing that people say or like I'm not thin enough or like yeah. I'm not under that underweight BMI that's how like for example like the DSM-5 that's like where like the book where it has like all mm-hmm. these mental illnesses that that's how they like classify it like you have to be under this BMI to be classified as this if you're not then you just have disordered eating behavior so right. you don't have like anorexia um so you could have it and like potentially like not have that be my so I also feel like that's another thing that people like disregard mm-hmm. since they're not in that range or they don't fit all the criteria then they don't have it and yeah that can be very detrimental for them so so true I know that you as you said you're studying I forgot the exact degree name like the nutrition dietetics is it called yeah that's one of them and then I'm also doing right. psychology now okay yeah. so with those two combined yeah, you've kind of touched on it before, but how do you feel like that has impacted your journey? Yeah, so as I mentioned, being in the dietetics and nutrition, I've taken more classes of that. Like I switched to psychology recently, so I'm now starting to take classes. But for the nutrition one, I've been able to like connect those ideas, like what I used to think and like what's real and like connecting mm-hmm. the facts. And like, I feel that like I've been able to like have that connection and understand and be like, oh, and also, like, for example, like, with carbs and everything, like, I've been, like, oh, carbs are important. Like, you do need carbs. Mm-hmm. And, like, for example, I also thought, like, protein was, like, the most important macro. Like, you needed protein, like, with everything. <laughs> and, like, I also saw that, like, protein is, like, you know, having too much protein is also bad. Again, having too much of everything is bad. But there's a lot of, like, praise and protein. Mm-hmm. So, and also, like, just understanding that also, like, this whole the body processed food like there's no healthy or unhealthy like obviously some food have more nutrients than others Mm -hmm. but what's really important like your body sees that energy as calories like also like each calorie has like different benefits like from carbs there's certain benefits from proteins there's certain benefits but like it's just calories in calories out if that makes sense so Mm -hmm. like obviously nutrients are important but also like that helped me realize that oh I can have my nutrients like I can fit in my nutrients but I can also treat myself and be in that caloric range if that makes Mm -hmm. sense it's like the healthy range but that has helped me like in these first years but now I also want to like start to like intuitively eat and just like eat what I want and then see like what how many calories like my body really is craving or like how much I should be eating if that makes sense like listening to my body um okay and let's say you're you're doing your first year as an rd and Mm -hmm. you've got your first client and she's like has this she's in the depths of it in the binge eating in it all what kind of advice would you give that woman yeah so the first thing that i would say is what i wish i'd said to myself before it's like you're not alone i know it can feel like a very an isolated disease if that makes sense like you feel like you're alone like nobody Mm -hmm. has that like you're weird like you're not you're not weird like (laughs) it's something that a lot of people struggle with um so that's my first one and like always try to reach out 
to pages to like diversify your pages I know you mentioned that in the one-to-ones and that really helped me mm-hmm. so I feel like that can also help and also having patience and trust the recovery process because when you're into it you definitely feel like you're an outsider like recovery is not for you recovery is for everyone else but you um at least that's how I felt so I, I remember like- I was just smiling because like I remember you saying that quite a few times during one-to-ones yeah 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 I used to really feel like an outcast <laughs> a lot so um definitely like you're not an outcast like it's part of life you know and also like having patience which is really hard as talking for someone who like is very impatient <laughs> um so having patience because like it is possible but it obviously takes time so also like when you take things like just one step at a time and like just focus on the little things like the big things will sum up and like everything will line up so yes. that's definitely like my biggest advice it's definitely like it sounds harder than it is like it really sounds hard but it just you know if you do like things step by step like everything will line up and then you look back and be like whoa like mm-hmm. it hasn't been a year since the one to one and i'm yeah. already looking back like to how i was before and like how my relationship with food was and i was like whoa like i've i've got like way better than how i thought i was going to be like i thought i was going to be like a slower process but mm-hmm. you know it's really not once you mm-hmm. you know just focus on the little things so true such good advice the baby steps they all add up before you know it as you said everything lines up into place and then it's just like whoa things are different wow (laughs) yeah yeah so good okay well Vivi it was so cool to have you here and to hear your perspective on the healing journey especially with like what you're studying it's been very informative and interesting for me as well just to like learn even more about this space um let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah, so I just used Instagram. It's at VV with two eyes in the end and dot and then Davila, which is my last name. But you can put it like on your notes or uh, something. Yeah, because definitely up in the show notes. Yeah, but I'm definitely trying to open up more and like post maybe more IGTVs. I- I'm trying to do that more and like talking about recovery mainly and like maybe some like psychological tips that I can learn later on when I take my positive psychology course mm-hmm. um but I definitely want to open up more so like if you struggle if you're struggling like you can follow my page watch the IGTVs I've watched and reach out because I know it can be uh you know sometimes you just need someone to talk to so I feel like I can help in some way shape or form just be like hey I struggle with that too so you know, Definitely. sometimes you just need to hear that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So proud of you. I love Thank to have you. been here with you on this journey and like seeing you from the moment you sign up to the one-to-ones all the way through the group. And then now like yeah. a month after the group, see like you just continuing continuing to blossom. It's so cool. Yeah. All thanks to you though, because like, <laughs> hello, <laughs> you're the best. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time. And uh, thank you everyone for listening. And I'll see you next time. And that's the scoop for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and learned something new that you can start applying to your life. If you took something from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with someone in your life, change someone's day, change their mood or even their life 
be that person. I know I love it when my sister sends me podcast episodes. It just shows me that she's really thinking of me and wants to help me elevate my life alongside her. As always, feel free to DM me on Instagram at, at freewithbreed. I'm always open to feedback, so let me know what you want me to speak about, what you love, what you want less of. This podcast is for you after all. Last but not least, here's how to win a one-hour, one-to-one session with me. Enter my monthly draw by sharing this episode or any of the episodes you've enjoyed, whether it's on your stories or on a post, and just make sure to tag me at Free With Breed. Simple as that. Okay, that's it from me. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I will see you next time.